What's up, guys? This is the part two of our breakdown of the spiritual gifts following our previous episodes that we have done on the spiritual gifts and what they are and uh, what they mean to us. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Shepherding. Hmm. You guys know what shepherding is? I think about a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Someone who corrals. Go ahead, Allie. Uh, No, you got it. I was just going to say, yeah, corrals or guides people. I've never heard the word corrals before. Corrals. Like the golden corral. Yeah, I've heard of the golden corral. Oh. Is that what it means? Like a seafood thing? To round up. Oh, like a round table. Is that what the golden corral means? The golden circle? I gotta go. <laughs> the golden shepherd. ABCDFG. Yeah. Uh, so, super interesting fact in this specific passage when it talks about shepherding, I believe it's in uh, 1 Corinthians in the second portion that talks about shepherding, or maybe it's Romans. Uh, but the same Greek word is poimen, and it's used 16 other times in scripture. And mm. all other 16 times in scripture, it's translated as shepherd. But in the translation for. Uh, this specific scripture in Romans, I think it's in Romans, um, they translate as pastor. But that's why they call it the gift of shepherding because moreover than not, the word is related to uh, shepherding than it is to pastoring, but which is kind of the same thing. But the idea with shepherding is, is yes, you your gift is being able to walk alongside others in your life uh, and kind of guide them and mentor them and grow them in their relationship with Jesus. Um, it says overseeing, training, caring for the needs of a, a Christian question. group. Yeah. That no might questions. be on someone's mind. No questions allowed. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, so when I, when I think of shepherding, pastoring, I think that this is something that's only reserved for someone who's like minimum 35 years old. What do you think about that? Uh, why do you think it's to 35 years old? Cause they have wisdom and experience in life that can apply to a lot of areas that they can just, you know, when I, th- I think of like yeah. a church, like you need, like in order yeah. to have that gift, you should be a pastor. Yeah. Not just, I'm going to rally yeah. off some questions to you. Okay. Uh, first and, one. And I have l- different thoughts. Yeah. No, 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 no. I love this. I love this. So first question, do you think yeah. that there are people that are 25 years old that are more wise than 35 year olds? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, where do you, like, where biblically do you see 35 or is that just your idea that you think is like, kind of like, like your eyeball? how old is Matt Chandler, John Mark Comer? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do you think it means to shepherd? Cause I think that that's what ultimately decides why you would think 35, because what is your definition of what shepherding looks like? I just think, I just primarily just think pastor yeah, and like the main pastor of a church, yeah. not like the young adults pastor. Okay. You know? Okay. Which is where I think we should just call out in shepherding. My, my point to be made with asking those questions is that you can shepherd and, and pastor essentially mentor or yeah. disciple anyone who 
lacks experience in areas that you have experience in and where you've had areas that you've had the Lord work through you um, and give you wisdom in, you know. So if you think that like Jean-Marc Comer and like Matt Chandler and those kind of guys trying to figure out their age, my question is, is do you know like what age they were when they started their church? Yeah, I, I thought that when I, when I was talking, I was like, <laughs> I wonder, you know, I don't know. Cause I, I'm fairly positive they started before they were the age of 35. Yeah. Um, so to kind of go with that, I will say that I agree that not anyone should be a shepherd. Um, I think that's also why it's a gift from the spirit, mm-hmm. but yes, I do think that there has to be a level of like understanding that there's like you're teaching and you're discipling those around you, like you're gonna be held to a higher standard for what you're doing. Yeah. And so you don't wanna be unwise and just jump into and think that you know what you're talking about and stuff. But um, I will say that if I believe that I have the gift of shepherding, that I'm not gonna hold off until I'm 35 years old to do that. Because I think that you can do it in respect to where you're at in your faith with yeah. those around you at yeah. the time of where you're at. What do you guys think? You think, think differently? You got another hot take, Connor? <laughs> I think, it is very important for those who are actually in like pastoral, like leadership positions, like in a church Yeah. for them, you know, I think this is a, this is a new, a newer thing, but like, um, I think it's really easy for like Christians in our culture and society to, especially if they feel like they're called to like leadership or pastoral leadership or anything like that Yeah. for them to just go and get like, like me, like I have a bachelor's in Christian studies, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be the lead pastor at a church. And I also don't think I should because I don't, I do not know enough. And that's not like disqualifying me for things Mm -hmm. obviously, but I do think it's so important for like people who want to be in those positions who are literally shepherding people's spiritual lives, um, to have, um, wisdom already but also to be constantly gaining that and like intentionally seeking that out whether that be like seminary um or things like that um i also think that the view of like shepherding and pastoral leadership has has shifted um because when we think of that now we think of people like um i don't know like michael todd stephen furtick people like like that who are just like you know the cool pastors the high pastors Mm -hmm. um uh, who just like go up there and look good um, and they sound good and all of these preachers things. with sneakers. Yeah. Um, when I think it's, especially in biblical context in biblical times, I think what, what God really wants from those people who are shepherding people is to be like the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you look at churches now, people are, a lot of people can, can want to be a pastor or want to be a leader because they want to be in the spotlight. They want to be on stage. They yep. want to make all the decisions, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it leads to so many bad things. And honestly, I don't think um, anybody should get into leadership if they have those intentions. Yeah. I, I would add to that too. Um, I think that there is a difference between the gift of teaching and the gift of shepherding. So just because someone has a gift of shepherding doesn't mean they have the gift of teaching to the extent that someone with the gift of teaching does. And so, uh, like that means that there's, there's other ways that you can care for the needs of like your flock other than just teaching, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, I would just say that you can always like for, for instance, like we were, you know, middle school 
junior high coaches, right? And then you kind of move up and then you go into like the high school and then eventually it's like college now. And so like even right now, me and Alyssa are considering being host families for New City for uh, some college students and stuff. And so um, that role is is shepherding and you're kind of guiding them and growing them, but they're younger than us. And so like we've gone through those. I always say that like I can only teach someone how to get to 23 years of life because that's all I've ever done. Like I can guess for the future, but I haven't done it. And so same kind of concept is like, you need to be careful what like you are going to preach kind of thing. But like, there are other ways that you can serve those that are around you as a shepherd and tend and take care of the flock and just be, um, like a shepherd would be and just protecting them and overseeing them and, and in different ways you can train them and stuff, but it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, to a certain degree or have been to seminary for those kind of things to be able to do that. Um, but I do agree in the sense that, we have to be very careful with the position we put ourselves in because sometimes we'll put ourselves into positions where we're doing way more than we can do. So we bit off more than we can chew. Um, and it backfires on us because we don't lead by example for what we're really called to do. So it does take wisdom and discernment to be able to do that. Yeah. Love it. Dope. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, let's talk about mercy. That's okay. I'm thinking we're going to split this into two episodes. Okay. So we'll, we'll like have half and half for it. Um, we'll try and move a little bit quicker for this. Uh, so mercy, Allie, you're like front and center for this one. Why? Cause I have the gift of mercy. You believe you have the gift of mercy. Okay. Wow. Lamborghini mercy. I think mercy, I don't know. Um, it's the ability to like love others and assist them when they need it or when they don't do like when they need it. Um, or maybe even like don't deserve it like at that time or like they feel like they don't. Mm-hmm. That's my idea of mercy. Like I think it's just being forgiving, being loving, understanding. Mercy can be shown in different ways, but overall it stems from love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I got a couple of notes to add to this. Uh, a couple of things that I, I, I've been learning from my readings is, uh, that it is more than sympathy. So a lot of people can have sympathy for other people like, I'm so sorry you're going through that. It's like, oh, you have the gift of mercy. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> you can just text someone and be like, I'm, I'm sorry you're going through that. Uh, empathy is definitely much stronger of an emotion than sympathy is. And so uh, empathetic, but also driven to physical action to meet the needs of someone. So I guess that, that's kind of the question is, is that someone might say they have the gift of mercy, but do you think that they actually have the gift of mercy if they never act on what they're called to in the sense of like meeting those needs of those people. Does that kind of make sense? Um, it does, but I don't know. I'm a little bit confused, but I'll try to answer your question. Don't like, clarify. Um, well, if you're saying like, if someone doesn't actively help someone, do they not have mercy? And to that, I'd say that is incorrect. I think that you can have mercy for someone, but relationship sometimes matters, right? Like I remember a while ago, I asked you, why didn't I, like call Connor out for being an idiot in mm. high school when he was not being the best to women? Like, and you straight up were like, well, we didn't have a good relationship. Like that was your excuse. Mm-hmm. But then that made it sound like I was like beating women or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like you were dating girls that you knew were just like, you know, I just wanted to clarify. Oh, um, Connor's not a bad guy. I am not a woman beater. He is perfect. <laughs> Connor is perfect in every way. Um, we have to keep but that I image think up. Like relationship does play a part in that to the uh-huh. extent that you can't help. Right. Yeah. Like you were still a good friend to Connor, but it'd be harder for you to like sit down and call him out on something. Yeah. Um, and so I think that can play a role into mercy. Whereas there are people 
like that are my good friends that they call me, I'll pray for them. I'll go get them. I'll go over to their house if their dog dies, like something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, see a need, feel a need, but then it's harder to feel the need when you feel it wouldn't be accepted because some people truly do not accept mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because manly and doesn't want to accept that. Cause they're like, I can do it on my own. Um, or sometimes females just simply think it is so uncomfortable for someone to, like, you don't want to overstep. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it, but do you think you know, that, do you think that people have that in their head where they've already decided that that's how they're going to react? Or is that, do you think that the, the case is that they won't accept it because that's how they are and that's how they've done it every time? Cause I feel like some people play out in their head. They're like, yeah, I go do that for them. But I feel like they're just going to be rejecting of it. But it's like, that's all in your head versus like I would doing agree. it. Yeah. Does I think sometimes sense? we just like yeah. make up our own. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I, I, I think what I'm more saying is that if we believe we have the gift of mercy mm-hmm. that by the definition of what the studies kind of show about it is that mercy goes beyond an emotion and it's an action. It's Mm -hmm. like being able to tend to the needs of the poor, to those that are the impoverished, to those that are the underprivileged, to those that are um, belittled or marginalized, any of those kind of things. And like being able to reach out and meet those needs. I think of the people that have the gift of mercy the most are those that run nonprofits, the ones that uh, do like city ministries or are a part of like uh, volunteer groups, food banks, those kind of things, because they're driven to, to fill the need. Like you're seeing, like see a need, fill a need in like those different areas. That doesn't say that if you don't do those things, you don't have the gift of mercy. But what I am saying is that I think that some people will say that they have the gift of mercy, but I think that what we're trying to reflect on and ask ourselves is, is that with action? Or are we just saying we have mercy because we say like, we're sorry and that we cry with someone next to them because we feel empathetic. I think that mercy goes beyond that because we don't want to water down what mercy really can be from a biblical standpoint to witness to others what God's mercy is like when we just say like, I'm so sorry for your loss kind of thing versus like what you're saying is driving over to their place, getting them flowers, making meals for them, like those kind of things. So does that kind of make sense with the question of like, are we actually living out what mercy and the gift of mercy actually is? Or are we just kind of like washing out the definition of it? Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Another one for you guys. Gosh, there's so many. Let's try and, uh, we'll try and wrap this up here pretty quick. Um, let's talk about the gift of reciting vines. Reciting vines. <laughs> this is one of the most important ones. Guys. Uh, let's talk about discernment. Do you guys know what discernment is? Judging people. You think judging people? I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> What do you think? What do you think the gift of discernment is? For me, I just think I like discerning, like it's just discerning. Yeah. I can't decipher trying, trying to formulate what that is. Being mm-hmm. able to clearly look at something and depict whether or not it's true or false. Mm, that's good. Uh true or false in what sense? I don't know. It just sounded scientific. <laughs> scientific. <laughs> I've been in Biblical. class all day. <laughs> I think you're on to something though. So I believe. I think so you are on to something. What does that mean though? True or false biblically? Does that match up to what God says? Is yeah. their actions, words add up to yeah. the Bible? Hundred percent. Uh you. the gift of discernment Next. is being able to discern good versus evil. I'm going to say that into the mic again because I just walked away from it. <laughs> discernment is the ability to, to, to discern good from evil. Um, it can also be a level of discerning spirits, but when we talk about that, it's being able to uh, know what is true to what God teaches in the Bible 
versus what uh, the enemy wants to come and teach us. So being able to determine if something's heretical or determine if something is being uh, like hyper generalized or is being misused or taken out of context, those kind of things. Uh, so yeah, someone that has the gift of discernment definitely is able to determine the difference between what is right and what is wrong from a biblical standpoint. And that's primarily what I think the gift of discernment talks about. But I want to read for you guys from Hebrews chapter five, starting in verse 12, it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from eagle or eagle. Good from eagle. Good <laughs> Roger. Eagle landing. Uh, distinguish good from evil. Another translation, uh, also says to uh, discern. So uh, going along with the gift of discernment, if you're able to tell the difference between the two, it grows in our maturity with our faith. So it's not something that like all of a sudden you're like, God, what is my gift? And he's like, boom, you have the gift of discernment. And all of a sudden you just know all of theology and all of scripture. And you're like, that's wrong. It's something that like you might have the ability from the Holy Spirit to be able to be like, that doesn't sound right to me. Or I, I want to check on scripture with that because I don't know how I feel about that. Because some people are just going to let themselves be fed anything a pastor says. Be like, that's truth. Amen. Word of God right there. Like amazing. But like there's having that gift of discernment, but also that like each of us has a level of discernment and that we're called to grow in that as we mature in our faith. So that as we get to, you know, a later point in our life, that as we've been in scripture and that we've been constantly growing and being sanctified into the image of Jesus, um, rooted in God's word, then we're able to tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And I will say that a lot of the, what we've been talking about on our podcast recently and what's going on in the world is really relevant to that because mm. the, the world is sneaking in those messages of just different things about like your feelings are always right or your feelings are true or, you know, speak your truth. That's what you're, you're, um, called to do or, you know, any of those kind of things that we think is sounds good and that is, you know, sounds right, but it's almost right. It's not fully right. And so that ability to discern is a specific gift that we can receive from the Holy Spirit or that may have received from the Holy Spirit uh, regarding those things. I believe that I might be learning more about this gift because I believe it might be one of my spiritual gifts, distinguishing and discerning. Yeah. Yeah. Discerning. Distingbling. Distingbling. <laughs> I have the gift of distingbling. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So anyways, we got, we got still like the gifts of knowledge and wisdom and exhortation. Uh, there's the gift of giving, which uh, I think is pretty, pretty out there. And I think we know a lot of those guys. Uh, but just running through the list again, we have the gifts of prophecy, administration, discernment, ministry, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, teaching, exhorting, giving mercy, and then speaking in language, interpreting languages. So tongues, basically. What are you guys' thoughts on tongues real quick? I want to get you. So if you did not know, the Vessels Podcast is a part of the Christian Apparel Company, Ask Us Why. And if you guys are new and you've never discovered us before, we highly encourage you to check us out. And you can either see us on our website at askuswhy.org, or you can check us out on social media at askuswhy with two Ys. And instead of running ads with our podcast for other companies, and trying to promote them. Uh, we figured that this would just be a time to share what we do as a company and encourage you that if you want to support us and help us continue doing what we do with this podcast, the best way to do that is for you to check out our apparel and snack something on there because all the proceeds that we receive from that goes towards the vision of this ministry, which is so much bigger than apparel.
apparel line. And so if you guys want to, we just released a brand new collection, Collection 5 Roots. It's got five different shirts, all in fun colors, that are some pretty cool conversation starter shirts. We got ones about Ask Me About Jesus, Let Me Tell You a Story, uh, Let's Grow the Kingdom Together, Ask Me for Some Good News, uh, and Ask Me Why. So those are our five different shirts. And if you guys would be so cool as to check us out and just give us a look on our shop, uh, it would mean the world to us because your support is what continues to help us do what we do. With that being said, we'll jump back into the episode. Oh man, man, this one intrigues me because my grandma can speak in tongues. Okay. But I never grew up knowing that was a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. I was taught that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, anyone can preach yeah. in tongues. So when I was like little, I like thought I could. So I was like, shabadoo, shabada. <laughs> like trying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 100%. But I don't, I don't, it's weird that they call it a spiritual gift when I was like taught at CFTN that like if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can speak in tongues. But my grandma yeah. does it. She'll be on the phone and she'll just start speaking. And I'm like, and I'll ask her what just happened. She's like, I was just praying. And I was like, no, you weren't. Like you were speaking a different language. And she's like, I was praying. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, I, this is going to be really good. What do you guys, what do you guys think about this? Because I got some things I got to bring to the table about this. Oh, I'm scared. I personally do believe it is a gift. Mm-hmm. And I do not believe that everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I have the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. But I know that like you guys do. And so I do not, yeah. I don't either, but I know that like other people do, other people have the gift of tongues or are able to speak in tongues like Allie's grandma. Maybe I'll bring grandma in for show and tell. Remy, what are you about to say? <laughs> you just threw me off. <laughs> Go ahead, Remy. Guys, we keep getting tongues wrong. So wrong because there's, there's, there's different ways that we need to understand what the gift of tongues is because there is the gift of speaking in tongues. That's there is the gift does. of interpreting tongues. Oops. And then there's prayer language. <sighs> when we go to Zambia, we talk about prayer language. We don't talk about other tongues. It kind of coincides with it, but here's the difference. So what is speaking in tongues? What is that? Oh, I know what you're saying. Speaking in tongues is the ability to speak in other languages that you have not learned. So I, if, if I had the gift of tongues, mm-hmm. I could go to, let's say, a random tribe in, uh, in Africa, let's say, you know, somewhere in Namibia, and I can go and I could start talking to them and they're going to understand me in their language. Okay, so because grandma has prayer language. She doesn't have tongues. So that's what the speaking in tongues is. Interpreting tongues or interpreting languages is the same thing, that you're able to listen and hear someone else talking in in your language, even though they're talking in their language. So I have a story from one of my old coaches from high school, from like church coaches, just like a a life leader, Kyle McGully. And he talked about how he went on a mission trip to Namibia, or not Namibia, Kenya, Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya. Can't say these words. Nineveh. Nineveh. What? No, not Nineveh. Nineveh is still around. That was Jonah. Uh, Yes. Uh, A lot of them don't have the same names, though. Um, And I don't know it off the top of my head. And so so basically, uh, he was on a mission trip, and there was a guy that used to, he was a drunk, and he used to go to the river every single day, and he would throw, you know, bottles around and would just be cursing and just walking up and down. And he was just like the drunk known in like the village. Well, one day he decided to walk up to him and talk to him about Jesus. And so we walked up to the guy, and he was just like, hey, like, like how you doing? Have you ever heard of Jesus before? And like, I had a full long conversation with this guy, right? 
I don't know if he ended up coming to Christ or anything, but like I just talked to him for a bit. Well, one of the coaches or one of the leaders there that is from Namibia, <clears throat> or sorry, Nairobi, Kenya, I keep saying Namibia right now, uh, watched Kyle do this. And when he came back, he talked to Kyle and he said, Kyle, I didn't know that you could speak their language. And he was like, I, I don't speak the language. He was talking in English to me. And he's like, no, 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 you were speaking in their language. And I think it was in Afrikaan. I think that was their language. I can't remember what their language Swahili? is. Swahili? Swahili. He was speaking in Swahili. He was like, no, you were speaking in Swahili. And he's like, no, 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 I was talking in English with the guy. The guy speaks English. He's like, no, I heard you. You were speaking in Swahili. And his mind was blown away. And that is the gift of tongues. That is the ability to speak in a language that you haven't learned before what that is. Prayer language talks more about how there is the groanings and moanings that, that our body creates, that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf to talk with God. It's a language that the enemy doesn't know, that he can't understand, and that it can be empowering to you in wow. your relationship with God. The power and the ability of tongues. You see that specifically in Acts 2 when the apostles receive the Holy Spirit and they start going out and they're preaching in different languages to different people. The debate for the longest time was that tongues was like the most powerful gift along with prophecy and it was like held to the highest degree or whatever. Um, but the purpose of tongues is to edify and to build up the body. So when Paul talks about, I would rather speak uh, five languages or five words in normal uh, Greek than I would, you know, an entire sermon or whatever in their language or in, in, in my tongue language and prayer language because it's not building anybody up. No one's there to understand. And that's why they would have interpreters with them when they would gather for church if they were going to speak in tongues because they would be able to understand it. But if no one's there to understand it and you're speaking a language no one can understand, it's not edifying and building up the body of believers. So I think that that's the biggest thing that I think we get messed up a ton is that the gift of tongues and the gift of interpreting tongues in prayer language are three different things. And so that's when we think like, oh, I have the gift of tongues. I don't have the gift of tongues. At least I don't I don't believe that I have the gift of tongues. I haven't I don't know if I've tried speaking in another language before to someone else. Um but absolutely I believe that I have a prayer language. And that can be a whole nother topic of discussion and trying to receive something like that. But that that's something that that can come randomly. It came to me randomly at my best friend's house while I was alone. It literally came out of nowhere. I didn't even ask for it. It just started happening. It's just a weird thing. But uh, just to kind of clarify, does that kind of make sense, mm -hmm. the difference between them all? And I know that a lot of people get that wrong and kind of don't understand it. And so I think it was really good for us to kind of explain that along with these gifts. Yeah, that's good. Cool. So yeah, other than that, uh, gosh, the only other one that I think that I was going to bring up was healing and faith. So real quick, faith. What do you guys think it means to have the spiritual gift of faith? That's so hard because, like, we all are supposed to have faith. Yeah. So you what do you know? think? Um, I actually don't know if I even have an opinion. I was just saying that it's like my brain is confused. That's okay. Because we're all supposed to have faith. Yeah. So is that just like mm -hmm. you name your kid Faith and she has faith? <laughs> That's a good point. That's it. Uh, why did you name your child Faith? Because the Bible told me to. <laughs> what, what do you mean? It says have faith. So oh, I had okay. her. So I had her, uh, Christian Connor, what do you guys think? Uh, obviously you have to, you know, have faith to even believe that, you know, Christ died, rose again right. for your sins. So, so we all have that salvific faith. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe the gift of faith is more of one that almost like exudes like more of a confidence in God. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to the things of this world that happen to us mm -hmm. um, and a, a confidence um, of God and his word and his promises and what is to come um, mm. a like eternal perspective almost. Yeah. 
What do you think, Christian? You got anything to add to that? I don't think I have anything to add to that. I just think of faith out. Is there a distinction between faith as a gift and faith outside of that? Like you talked about salvific faith, which is like yeah. faith acquired for salvation. Yep. Um, but is there a distinction between faith just in your walk with the Lord yeah. versus the spiritual gift that's not the salvific faith? I haven't looked into that. I'm not sure. Yeah. So uh, the best way I think I can answer that is that we all require or need to have that salvific level of faith mm-hmm. in order to receive salvation. But that anything above that is when it comes to like when you're going through hard times in life, do you trust God or do you turn to other things? Do you resort to alcohol if you have anxiety and those kind of things versus turning to the Lord and having faith and trusting him when you decide to... I don't know. Here's a personal example. Try to start a business. Like, do you leave all your other work and trust that God's going to be there for you in that kind of situation? Or do you resort to getting a part-time job again or something like that? Does that make sense? Mm. So yeah, one thing that I think that we need to remember when we're interpreting what the gifts of the spirit are is to always remember that the purpose of the gifts is to edify and build up the body of believers. That's the purpose of it. So anything that goes outside of that for our interpretation, we got to throw that out the window is like, that's not what the purpose of it is. So for instance, prophecy, going back to that one again, when we talk about people having the gift of prophecy today and our God not being a God of confusion, when someone says they have the gift of the gift of prophecy and they create messages that are causing confusion to the body of believers and no one understands or anything, it's not building up the church, which is not a gift of the spirit. That is something else, something contrary, something that they're either being deceived by or that they're misinterpreting from scripture and they're using that with like what they're trying to preach kind of thing. Does that make sense? So when it comes to faith, there are people that have the gift of faith that goes beyond that salvific faith that it's just, it's kind of like, I would say like absurd in the sense where like they have this unwavering faith that no matter what happens in life, like they're fine. And if I'm being completely honest, I think that that's one of my gifts because when people talk about stressing out or anxiety or all those kind of things, I always have to explain that like, I don't really struggle with those areas. Like I never feel like I really stress out. Like I would say that in the last like four months I've stressed maybe more than my entire life, but that's because I tried to start a business by myself trying to like, you know, no income, trying to figure out how to start this thing kind of thing. And even to that extent, it was maybe only a couple days out of those four months where it was just kind of like not good. But, um, the purpose of it is that it's supposed to encourage others to continue to have faith in the midst of those things. Like when you look at someone else and you see that they have faith to go through those kind of trials, or let's say that you have someone that like, man, when, when we lost our good friend, Jared Lovecamp, a year ago. That's, I, that's the immediately the people I thought of. When you saw like their faith and their love for like, hey, like we're celebrating his life. Yeah. Like we know he's in a better place. Man, was that not so encouraging to like all of us and our faith being like, when I go through hard times, like yeah. I want to be like that. You know, like so many of us like will we'll mourn and absolutely like there is a, a time to mourn, but their level of faith of just trusting to God in this plan and being able to have joy in the midst of it it resonated with me more than anything in the world. Just like that is, that is unwavering faith of just trusting God with this, not being like, God, why would you do this? Why would you take our friend from us? Why would you take my child away from me? They're like, God, I trust you. Like, and I know that you got a plan and we're just going to give you glory in all of it. That is the gift of faith that Mm -hmm. builds up the body of believers because it encourages them in their walk. So some people have that gift more than others, even though we're trying to grow in that faith every day, but some people just struggle with that almost their entire life. They just go back and forth with like, I trust you. I doubt you. I trust you. I doubt you. And like, that's okay. Like it's okay to have those doubts and to wrestle with those things. Like 
that's literally what Jacob did. He wrestled with God and his name became Israel, which means he who wrestles with God. And so in the same sense, like it's okay for those things. And that's not to like shame anybody who doesn't have that gift, but that explains why some people have this innate gift to like have faith more than any other people when it comes to going through those experiences in life. Does that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. Cool. So yeah, I think that's kind of helped clarify. Like if you believe you have the gift of faith, it's like, do you have this unresounding faith that goes beyond what we normally see on a day-to-day basis kind of thing? And then the last one, just to pick your brains and then we can piece out of this, is the gift of healing. I've wrestled with this one. Ooh. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Well, you healed the guy in Africa who was blind. I did no healing. That's a theological statement right there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jesus did the healing. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Jesus used you as an instrument to heal a guy who was blind. Yeah, there you go. Is that better? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Okay, uh, do you guys believe that healings still take place today? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess that most of us are just going gonna to say yes, right, in this room. Unless, Allie, do you have a different view? No, I'll just keep shaking my head. Just bobbing along to the music. Uh, okay. So obviously we might more be on this side of believing the gifts or of healing still happen to this day. Um, and I actually wrestled with this for a while because I mean, you, you see certain people being healed, but you see others not being healed. And so you're like, hold That's up, what I was gonna where say. is this inconsistency coming from? Like, is God actually healing these people? Is this deception? Because what sucks is that in the prosperity gospel movement, they stage healings left and right. I see videos all the time of someone that pretended to be in a wheelchair, roll up to the front of the pastor and they start commanding them like, stand up in Jesus name. And they just start standing up and they're like, this is amazing. This is amazing. And then like you find a video later on the internet of them literally walking over to get into the wheelchair and then to like walk out on stage. And like, uh, Kosti Hinn, uh, is like a, a leading, like uh, heretical prophet. That's like Benny. Costi's the good one. Oh, Costi's the good one. I always get them <laughs> confused. Sorry. So Benny, Benny Hinn is like one of the leading prosperity teachers that there's out there today. Um, but then you have uh, Costi Hinn, which is his nephew, and he's come out about a lot of what he's experienced in that movement because he was a part of it. And so that's where it comes hardest because it's like there's what we uh, there are people that are called like sensationalists that believe that they're seeing things that aren't actually happening when it comes to like faith. That it's it's actually like a, a uh, something outside of like God that's actually working in the moment. And so those people, uh, or sorry, I might begin it backwards. I think sensationalists believe that the gifts are still happening and those outside of it don't either way. Uh, the purpose is that like we, we see it back and forth, right? We like sometimes see healings. We sometimes don't see healing. So it's like, does God just only want to heal some people and not all people? Because I hear the message all the time that like Jesus will heal anybody and everybody because that's what happened in his ministry. And I think what's hard is that like we, we don't realize that there was so much more that happened in the 33 years of Jesus's life than just the four books have to say. So like, even though like Jesus healed everyone that came to that, it's, I don't want to say that like he didn't heal people, but when we make that assumption that like Jesus is going to heal every single person that asked for healing and then it doesn't happen in that moment, have we either lost faith in God? Do we not have enough faith? I mean, like I wrestle with this a lot too because we do witness healings in Zambia, but I've also wrestled with like, are they faking it? Do they feel pressured into saying, yes, I feel better because you got five white people just standing over and praying. <laughs> they're like, how do you feel now? And they're like, uh, I'm kind of freaked out right now. So yeah, I feel a little bit better, but maybe they're telling the truth. And so I think that that's where I actually, I came to, to better understand that uh, with the gift of healing, 
or like having the gift of healing that like there are people and pastors and people like Jack who go and pray over people and they receive healing. And that's because they have that gift of healing that like they can bring forth God's healing more than other people seem to. And I, I think that's something I'm still wrestling with too and just trying to figure out. But um, yeah, the, I think that when it comes to like the gift of healing in general, it's it's talking about being able to uh, to not even bring like physical healing, but also spiritual healing and uh, emotional healing and those kind of things. Because I think we just think mm-hmm. physical healings, yeah. but like having the ability to bring healing into people's lives, which ultimately comes from Jesus, but being able to bring that to other people. Uh, healing relationships, healing friendships, all those kind of things. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it can go all over the place, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know a ton about <clears throat> healings in the sense of like, you know, where, how to answer that question of why it happens to some and why it doesn't have to others. I think that God's got a will, um, and he has a plan and ultimate healing will come on the day of judgment when Christ comes again. Uh, but some people he, he will heal and other people he won't. But uh, sometimes you see in scripture too that people are uh, healed, but it takes time for them to heal. So it doesn't happen at like one miraculous moment, but it takes time. And so over that time period of continuing to pray, believing that you'll be healed, that like you'll receive that healing. But ultimate healing comes through Jesus' sacrifice for us and being born again and receiving that when he comes the second time to like renew the earth and to give us new bodies. Cause that's when we'll receive ultimate healing. Um, but yeah, I guess that kind of goes into that, but I will say that I do believe that there are people out there that have the gift of being able to heal people more than others. And that's not because they have again, like a, a stronger faith or a better, um, understanding of what healing is or whatever. I think that the, the Holy spirit has given them that gift of healing and that they have a calling to, to use that within the church, right? Cause the whole purpose of why we have the gift of healing or any of the spiritual gifts is to build up the body of believers. And so uh, if you have the gift of healing, you should absolutely be using it within church, within the body of your believers to bring that to them. And again, not just physical, but emotional, spiritual, and mental healing as well. Cause there's, there's a lot of damage out there that, that needs to definitely be uh, healed. You know what I'm saying? Word. Dope. Cool. Anything else you guys got? Hey, praise the Lord, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, yeah. Praise the praise Lord, man. The Lord, man. Uh, yeah, this isn't obviously is one of our like funner topics that we talk about and like breakup stories, but I definitely think this was good to talk about because uh, we don't talk about it a lot. Even in my research that I was doing, you only see a lot of commentary on like Catholics and what they believe because they have the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that they believe in. And obviously, like as Christians, we believe that there are more gifts than just seven gifts. So I was like having a hard time even trying to study these gifts and like everything about them. And so um, definitely need to do more research, definitely trying to grow in it. But we just want to encourage any of you guys that are listening that if uh, if you guys want to learn more about your gifts to do the research as well, don't just listen to us who have a fraction of knowledge about this stuff. We're just trying to figure it out too, trying to share what we can, whatever insight and wisdom we can impart just from what God has given us. But uh, more than that, it's your responsibility to grow in your faith and to not use excuses like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast and to uh, to grow in our faith and better understand it because we have a role to play in this church. And if we f- neglect that role within the church, we will be judged by it. First Peter 4.11. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bro. Got that on lock. Bro. Got that on lock, bro. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Technically, it was two episodes. We hope you guys enjoyed these episodes. And uh, we, if you guys liked it, go ahead and share it with others and give the thing, give this thing a like, right? Or uh, go to our YouTube channel. If you're not watching us on YouTube and subscribe, hit that subscribe. notification bell so you can stay 
in touch with us yeah. whenever we go live in the lion's den again with that being said we hope you have an amazing rest of your day we love you and we'll see you in the next episode peace out see ya bye